This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Michael Holly, among your many talents, uh, you are also an accomplished actor. Uh huh. A lot of your fans may know that in 2010, uh, you had the definitive scene. You stole the film, The Town. Uh, eight heard your voice. Eight, eight seconds. Se- the best eight seconds in a movie was your who's voice counting? over uh, the radio who's waves counting? of WEI uh, when they were about to hit Fenway Park. And The Town came to mind uh, yesterday, not just because we're talking about the New England Patriots. It was one of my favorite movies. And I remember John Hamm, when he got frustrated, you know, that, that they couldn't find any DNA, any evidence in the car. And he said, this is the not effing around crew. So find me something that looks like a print so I could grab one of these guys and shake their tree because this not effing around is about to go both ways. The Patriots right now are the not effing around crew. The moment we got off the show yesterday, we thought they, were, they might be done for the day. We thought they might punch the clock. Crazy. Where were we? Since we last left you 24 hours ago, they added Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, re-signed Dietrich Weiss, Henry Anderson, and then you wake up this morning and I hit you. I say, Michael, what are the Patriots doing? You're like, what I miss? And I said, Hunter yeah, F. Right. Henry. Right. Okay, I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't censor myself. <laughs> you know what I mean, and now they may or may not be in the mix. I believe they are, because why not? Uh, on Leonard Fournette and Chris Carson. This is insane. Explain this to me, please. This is your beat. <laughs> yeah, this hey, is your account. You this is your account. This? Hey, hey, uh, you mentioned the town, uh, and you mentioned John Hamm. I thought you were going to go with my second favorite line in that whole movie. Different context, where he's talking to Ben Affleck, who's giving him the runaround. What does he say to Ben Affleck? We're a national organization. <laughs> we are a <laughs> national organization. Right. Come on. It's yeah. the FBI. Um, and the New England Patriots, uh, they are, if they're not America's team, they're Amer- the team that America loves to hate. They are used to a certain it? level of success. We talked about it yesterday, right, Mike? That when you win six Super Bowls, when you can, when you have bookends to your dynasty, the middle of your dynasty is, oh, your average 12 and four, go to the AFC championship game. Maybe you win it, maybe you lose it. And you lose it, everybody talks about what's wrong with you. That's in the middle of your dynasty. And the beginning, in the front door of it, you got three championships in four years. Back door, you got three championships in five years. You just get used to a certain standard. You get accustomed. Thank you, Chris Rock. You get accustomed to a certain standard of living. <laughs> and 79 just doesn't get it done. 79, um, I, I've told you that Cam Newton has eight touchdown passes. I've said that ad, ad nauseum. But you may not know that their leading receiver 
Jacoby Myers. You know how many touchdown receptions Jacoby Myers had in 2020? Did he have one? Zip. Okay. Yeah. No, he, oh, yeah. He got a nice arm. He was a college quarterback or a quarterback in high school. Um, he's got a nice arm. He threw a touchdown pass or two, but he did not catch a touchdown pass on like 60 receptions. Their tight ends caught 18. All of their tight ends. All of them. All of them. Bring, bring all of them. Four and five and six, Mike. All of them. <laughs> caught 18 receptions in 2020. So I think the Patriots just got to the point and said, no, this is not, we don't have enough talent. We won seven games. We, are, we did well with our money. We did not go for the quick fix. When we knew that cap was coming down, we saw the pandemic coming. We had opt-outs. We're not going to go crazy. People could talk about Tom Brady going ahead and doing his thing. We're just going to be the New England Patriots and wait, and then we'll spring. So they were, they were Patriot-like in their waiting, they're sailor-like in their actions right now. I don't understand. You asked me to explain it. I don't know. I don't know what happened to that guy. So yesterday, I mean, yesterday, hey, I, hey, I, hey, next yesterday month, I downplayed. Mike, yeah. it's not even his birthday. He's a month away from his birthday. You can't even say, well, it's my birthday. Yeah. He's a month away from it. I don't know <laughs> what's gotten into him. Yesterday, I downplayed the petty. And that was, but that was one, two, three, four. That was five free agent signings ago. When I was like, no, you know, I think this was this was just the right fits and the right players. This had nothing to do with Brady. I don't know. Maybe maybe this was so. uh, Bill Belichick embodying the Michael Jordan last dance meme, like Brady wins the Super Bowl, and I took that personally. Like maybe maybe this is really uh, Bill Belichick. Being like, oh hell no! Like, I, I, maybe he hears all the legacy talk and, and 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 Brady showing that it was more him than 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 Bill. I'm gonna go another movie though. I'm gonna go Training Day. That day is dead. We don't roll like that no more, dog. Okay, and maybe the Patriot way of mm, you know we gotta shop. We gotta go bargain basement shop. We're gonna do Filene's basement. You know we gotta get something on the uh, on the clearance rack. We're gonna get some smart cheaper free agent signings that fit our system and we're going to build through the draft like yo that that, that, ain't, that ain't working that's not working and you yeah. and we've talked about the talent drain over the last few years and maybe they just felt like look however we have to do it pretty impressive list whether it's the draft or whether it's free agency we need an infusion of talent around here we have the money the players are available let's go do this thing let's not just sit here and be cheap and rely on Belichick and his coaching staff to turn water into wine the way they did for so many years. And maybe the person whose him of whose garment they were actually touching might have actually been Tom Brady. Because here's where I will say that Tom Brady does come into play. All jokes aside. All right, let's hear it. You know, I, hear. I don't know that Belichick is, is 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 up at night with a voodoo doll of Tom Brady saying, damn it, I can't believe this dude winning won a Super Bowl without... You know, I, I don't or look or the Wolverine meme. I don't think he's looking at a picture of Tom Brady, you know, uh, late at night, um, wondering what could have been. But Brady, as you know, Michael, especially when it comes to the skill position guys and the offensive line, especially, he just he covered up for a lot of shortcomings. You know, right. he, he he made and, and let's not forget Dante Skarnecki and the job he used to do coaching on offensive line. But you know, they didn't have to invest 
in offense because they knew that Brady would elevate everybody until he just couldn't anymore. And by couldn't, I mean 12 and four, you know, but until he couldn't really just get them, you know, uh, above and beyond. 12, 12 and four, 24 touchdown doing. passes with no tight end. Yeah, you know, three times what uh, Cam Newton threw. And one receiver math at that time. Until there would be no math. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's where Brady comes in is that I think last year, and they probably knew it already, but last year just reaffirmed that, hey, our old way of being able to kind of be a little thrifty, shall we say, or frugal when it comes to free agency, that's not going to cut it unless, I don't we think that's wanna, it though. unless we just satisfy what we did for 20 years. I think the Patriot way has evolved. No? Yeah, okay. I don't know. No, no, it hasn't. The Patriot way in some ways has failed, and that's why we're here today. The Patriot way has failed. That's why you have to spend money. All right, evolved, failed. Okay. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. semantics, right? Semantics. Um, tomato, You tomato, said yesterday, you know, you think the Baltimore Ravens have the best front office in football, and I, and I agreed with you then. I, I still agree with you today. The best front office in football and what they do consistently is they make good trades, they make good signings, they develop players, they sign some of them. And others, they say, all right, you're a really good player, but we're going to let you go. Matthew Judah, perfect example. The Patriots pick him up. But the key, the key there is they drafted them. All right, Matthew Judah was a fifth-round pick out of a Division II school, mm. Grand Valley State. A fifth-round pick. They picked him up. Dallas Thomas, you referenced him yesterday. I believe he was a sixth-round pick. So they, they draft these guys, they develop them, they start them, off, start them off on special teams or in limited roles, and those guys grow into stars, two-time pro bowler right there, Matthew Judon. So the Patriots have really struggled with the draft. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been funny a long say time. That. Say it again. It's funny you say what that. What you say, Mike? Because, all right, so they spent a first-round pick, first pick on a wide receiver in Nikhil Harry. They spent who, who, two third round like picks, I believe, on tight ends. Two third who, round picks on tight ends. Who, and they signed two tight ends well, in the last forty-eight hours. Not just was that they didn't just they didn't just sign two tight ends. They signed, they signed two, the two tight ends. Yes, but t- and that's, they signed that's my two point, wide Mike. receivers who who are really two wide receivers who, who are real. I, I love these wide receivers as opposed to a Chris Davis, and I know he was a fifth pick and he's talented. And instead, the other, we'll see what he does with the Jets. But I like the Aguilar and Bourne signings because, and Aguilar's had flashes, but Bourne especially, there's another gear for him. I love those types of free agent signings where it's a guy that, that, that has breakout potential. I think Kendrick Bourne has that. But here's why I say you make a good point. This is actually, you read in my mind, it's something I want to ask you. Is this an unintentional indictment of the college scouting department or college scouting process in New England? Absolutely. Because they of theirs? Say, hey, we're going to draft these two tight ends. They miss yeah. on, yes, they miss on both. They, 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 they basically overcorrected. I can't even speak. They basically overcorrected to the tune of, you know, what, a, a fifth of the money that they've spent in the last two years or something like that, if my rough math is correct? Um, it just it, it's, it feels like Bill is like, you know what, enough of this. Enough of this. And, and maybe that's what's gotten into him. I don't know. I It, it could just be like, it could be as simple as they're not used to missing the playoffs and Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl apart from them only made it worse. But it just feels like there's an urgency to this offseason 
that we've really never seen. They always, I mean, they, they yeah, always left a lot to seen be desired it. when it came to a lot of their movies. This is the organization that not only um, doesn't splurge in free agency, this is the organization that, as much as anybody, trades out of the first round, trades down, trades out of the, the round altogether in it for next year's pick. Remember all those years they were just stockpiled next year's pick and next year's pick? They were, they were worse than because that. Because they were drafting Boston, well. Crying out loud. Because they were drafting yeah. well then. Okay. And now, and, now, and now they've stopped. You know, I did, I did an exercise a while ago where I went, um, I went the best of Bill Belichick round by round. And it was I remember impressive. that. Was that a was that a magazine article? Uh, no. Well, probably. I don't think it was a magazine article. What'd you do that for? Um, okay, I do remember. I do remember uh, that, that exercise. But but it was okay. round by round, and you know all the hits were, you know, two thousand and ten or eleven and before, and the only one I want to I don't want to bore you with the details of you know each guy. I can tell you who I picked in the sixth round. You can probably figure that out, but. It was the only modern person on the list was Joe Tooney, who just left. Mm -hmm. So think about that. Joe Tooney was drafted in uh, 2016. So, you know, you're going to the Super Bowl in 16 and 17 and 18. You go to three straight Super Bowls, you win two of them. And that's great. Everybody's distracted. Man, wow, what a dynasty. This is incredible. We've never seen anything like this in NFL history. In the meantime... You're going there. You're not really hitting on anybody. I mean, that last pro bowler they drafted was a punter. <laughs> you know, uh, they got a perennial pro bowler who goes year after year. That's a gunner, Matthew Slater. The problem with the Patriots, the reason they have to spend now, and good for them, they got the money to do it, but the reason they have to spend is they've done a poor job of hitting on not just first-round picks because uh, they haven't hit their first-round picks now, Sonny Michelle, pretty good, you know, good Super Bowl year. Isaiah Wynn, not sure what he's doing yet. Nikhil Harry, not sure what he's doing yet. So they, they've, they've not only been a little shaky in the first round, they have flat out missed second, third, fourth round. Scary. But it's not just drafting because there's the other D word that goes with that. See, and trade. a lot of times we stop at draft and it's, well, no, not, not trades. There's the other D word that goes with that that we often we often omit in draft conversations is draft and develop. You know, yeah. it's not it's not just mm -hmm. draft a guy and boom, you get lucky. I mean, we talk about it like it's the lottery, but it's more of a, of a process. Like getting them in the program is one thing. So I don't know if this is an unintentional indictment of not just the college uh, scouting, evaluation, and selection process, but also – the internal development process once they get in the program. Is this where you see some of the attrition when it comes to this coaching staff and the overhaul when it comes to the coaching staff? Is that starting to manifest itself in the lack of these draft picks panning out? Because maybe these players could be better, and, I, and no, said no one ever, but for potentially better, I don't know, coaching or being put in better situations. I don't know. I just go put it on the players and just say, hey, these players just suck, and they picked the wrong players. <laughs> I mean, it is part yeah. of the organization's responsibility to develop those players. And when they're good, right. it's the same thing. When they were drafted well, they drafted and developed well. Yeah. So they, those two things go hand in hand. What you do with them when you get them in your program. And so, but what's fascinating about it is we're getting all excited about this. I, I, I'm excited for two reasons. One, 
it's just awesome. It's just an awesome story. You know, as much as I, I never said this to you. A lot of times I don't like talking about the Patriots because even though they're a national organization um, and even though a lot of people care about them, they do move the needle. I feel like for me and you, it's just, it's, it's low hanging fruit. It's too easy. It, it, it's going, it's pulling, it's going back to our past in many respects. And I'm like, I don't, I don't always want to talk about the Patriots, but they force you to talk about them. So I mean, I'm, I'm excited yeah. because the Patriots uh, could potentially be good again. And like you said yesterday, this might end up being the best division in football next year if the Jets get their act together. Um, although, side note, and on the flip side, typically spending sprees do not work out. They do not pay dividends. Okay. This is not how it works. Now we got there. This is not how now it works. Now we got there. I'll tell you the second reason I'm excited in a minute. But this is not why it works. Right? Hey, I man. mean, it's not how it works. Excuse me. Am I, am I right? Hey. Like, when's the last team to spin crazy in the offseason and, 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 and live to tell about it and celebrate it? You can say the, the Bucks, but not really. I mean, yeah, they got Brady. But Michael. That was, their core was already there. Who's the next team to do this? Who's yeah. the last team to do that? Stop taking my talking points. That I, but when I told you oh. <laughs> yeah, a minute before the show started, I'd say, you know, hey, come on, come on, come on, family. Come on behind the curtain. Come on behind the curtain. Uh, minute, because I don't talk to Michael Smith during the day. Now it's personal. Now he don't talk to me. I don't talk to him. All right, fine. You don't want to talk to me. I don't want to talk to you during the day. But we want this we to be organic, you know? Yeah, 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 right, right. In the name of being organic. Okay, I see, I see you hiding. I see you hiding from me. That's okay. Uh, so we, we don't talk. A minute before the show started, I said, Mike, I'm going to lead it off. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to throw you an alley-oop. He said, no, no, no. I'm going to ask you a question. And that, what you just brought up, was a question I was going to ask you off the top. Do you believe in this? Do you believe that this is the best path to winning championships? And I was going to ask you, when's the last time it worked? And maybe you could come up with, I mean, I guess you could come up with Brady, but then it was Brady. It wasn't like a... You know, let's go here, here. You had Brady, and then kind of everybody kind of floated to Brady. You traded for Gronk, and uh, Leonard Fournette got cut. Yeah, but most, most of the, their core was there. That, but yeah. their core, Antonio their Brown, core. midseason. Come on, yeah. bro. Come on, come on. Um, yeah. I mean, but God wouldn't But Evans, I can't think of a team. All, you know, it, it, this it is works. not the blueprint. i tell you where it works. It's not how it works. Franchise mode. That's it. It works in video games. But I, uh, I can't. Actually, it doesn't. Actually, it doesn't. I, I can tell you it oh, doesn't. The, really? The, the computer is sophisticated enough to not reward you. Because trust me, when I saw all these free agent signings, that's exactly <laughs> I know what I thought. You did. Like, I know. Belichick's in yeah. franchise mode right now. Like, he just signing everybody. Like, this is... So you did you know, it. Come on, man. Like, like lease up with somebody else. Like, he, he totally fired up franchise mode. It was like, anybody that's available that fits my system, come with me. Um, and, and that's the point. And that, I, I believe think, it. That's why I it believe work. in Belichick. I, I ultimate, ultimately, I believe in Belichick, Michael. I mean, it's just he still gets the benefit of the doubt, even after last year, even after the Brady miscalculation, even after some of the draft misses. He's still the best to do it. And I, I believe in him the same way the players who are signing up with him believe in him. And I think it's all going to come down to a quarterback. If Cam Newton is. If last year was what I think it was, which was more of an aberration than what Cam Newton is right now, if Cam Newton is that guy and and, and these skill position players bring out the best in him, it, let's say he's the quarterback, 
then I then I then I think it could it could work. I, I don't I, I think yeah this is a, I, I, this there's some strategy here. Again, it's not by the book. It's not what winning teams and winning organizations typically do: go crazy in free agency. They they, they build and retain their own players. But I gotta believe that the guy still knows what he's doing, and these players aren't just trying to make his overall roster rating higher to go with the franchise mode thing. I think this is <laughs> great. Literally, the pieces <laughs> that he needs to supplement the pieces that he already has. The one point I want to make, though, just in general, Michael. Why does he use that five, by the way, Mike? Why does he use that five? I don't know. I don't even know what he, I don't even know what it's what it's called. Don't, what don't is mind. that? Um, he might know what that is. I don't know. Man, so disgusting. I know one thing. He started off talking about the team that people love to hate. Right? This sport's just better when the Patriots are relevant. 79 Patriots ain't cool. Like, a lot of people might have had Patriots fatigue for a long time. Not me. Because, like, you need a, you need a, uh, you need a, the, the, uh, the evil empire. The evil empire is back, man. The evil empire is back. You need an organization that people are going to root against. You need a, a, a fan base in Boston. That can oftentimes be insufferable, as you know. <laughs> yeah, oftentimes. You need talking their ish. Come on. You know. <laughs> Stop being diplomatic. You know? so, yeah, no. I, I, yeah, that's a badge of honor, man. Like, a Boston fans say, why are you half-stepping? Come on. You better give me my insufferable and call it a day. You better give me that. It, give me but my it, title. But it is great. Isn't it? I mean, it, this is fun. This is It is fun. I mean, if another team did this. I don't. I don't know how how exciting it would be. I don't know how if, exciting. If it, another team. I'll tell you the double standard. Here's the double standard. Yeah, go ahead. If another team did it, we would make fun of them. Another yeah, team did it. That's say, true. If the cowboy, if the Cowboys did it, it would be fun. If the Cowboys had the cap room to just load up and start yeah. and just load for bear, it would be fun. It would get people talking. It would get the people going. You know, it'd be provocative. I got two quick things for you. Um, yeah, go two ahead. Two quick things. Uh, I know, yeah. I know you're a big Aaron Rodgers fan. So if Aaron Rodgers, if you had the opportunity, I know, uh, as you know, has been pointed out several times, never had a first round wide receiver uh, drafted for him. <laughs> but let's say if you went out and you brought in a lot of first round talent for Aaron Rodgers, you had the opportunity to do that in Green Bay. You could be general manager for for the day. You just set Aaron Rodgers up and the Packers up. Would you do it? Like, we say it doesn't matter because Aaron Rodgers can do his thing. But I'm saying, would you do it for your team? If you're, if you're not a Patriots fan, okay, I, I understand. But if you, if you ride with the Packers, if you ride with the Cowboys or, or somebody else or the Eagles, would you go out and do it if you had the opportunity? Or have you bought that accepted logic that, no, you can't do that. That's not the path to uh, building a, a healthy organization. Would you? I think the path to building a winning team is talent. Or a winning team. Ultimately, it's talent. A winning. I think it's. I think it's acquiring talent, and there's more than one way to acquire talent. I don't think so. Whether that's. I don't think that's the path. I, no, that. I mean, that, that, that's not a matter. That's not a matter of opinion. Like you could acquire talent through the draft. You could acquire talent via trade. You could acquire talent via unrestricted free agency. You could acquire talent in the undrafted free agent pool, post-draft. Like, there are lots of different ways to infuse your organization with talent. Let's say it's 50% I of think, 
I don't know if it's so even fifty percent, Michael. What I think it, what I think okay. is, it, I, what I think, I think long term success has to be built through the draft. I agree with that. But here, here's all I'm saying. I think the the more noble approach, the more the more noble approach to team building, the one that gets that has credibility, that gets you respect, is when you are scouting and drafting and developing your own players. When you look, when you're going for the quick fix, it seems that's what teams like Washington was doing all those years with Dan Snyder. That's what team. That's what. Remember what Philadelphia did a Dream Team. Remember that year Philadelphia signed yeah, everybody in Mama, yeah. and they blew up. I'm the Asimov. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Had all those cats. Yep. Ultimately, the name of the game is just to get good players in the door, however you can. I mean, there's a free agency period for a reason. It's to help. It's a part of building your team. It shouldn't be the end-all, be-all, but it's a part of building your team. The reason why I think it's got such a negative connotation is because inevitably when this happens, we, we crown somebody the off-season Super Bowl champion. Whenever this happens, whenever a team goes crazy in the off-season, whether it's, you know, um, in, in past years, I mean, just, you know, name, I mean, hell, the Rams, you know, we talked about it when they got Matthew Stafford. Like, we, all, we often talk about, like, oh, this team on paper, bam, they got it. They're the favorite. Say so the odds on favorite. And then when they don't live up to that hype, how many years were the Browns that team? Where it's like, oh, this is the year they're going to do it. This is the year they're going to do it. They kept spending all this money. Yeah, win the offseason. Um, yeah, you'll win the offseason. And then when they don't win the press match that hype, thank you. When they don't match that hype with the success in the regular season, then we look at it as some kind of a mistake how they went about it. And I don't know that that's yeah. the case. I just think the, the moral of the story is the team still has to come together. They still have to perform. Obviously, we all know, cliche alert, the games aren't paid on, played on paper. So this doesn't mean that the Patriots are going to be a good team, but they got more talent. And by any means necessary, you get more talent. So it's not the traditional way that it's been done long term. It's not the Steeler way. It's not the Ravens way. It's, it hasn't been not the, the Patriot way. way to spur the Patriot free agency. But, yeah. but, hey, listen, hey. Whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat, get in how you fit in. They lack talent. They have been a talent drain. You can't say that about the Patriots right now that they don't have talented players now. They got talent. So they got some. And my other quick question quick for things. you is what was the other I know. Thing? Yeah. And we'll answer it. Maybe we'll answer I didn't it make on it another correct. side or later in the show. Let me just plant the seed. Maybe Cam Newton is not the quarterback they're looking at. They still have the draft. And it's a quarterback rich draft. And the reason I say that, Mike, is first of all, his contract, as you pointed out, we pointed out the other day, not really $14 million. If he's a backup, it's a $5 million contract, which is a good, good salary, 5 to $7 million. That's a good contract for a backup. That's what Marcus Mariota made last year. Okay, fine. Uh, Andy Dalton, same thing. But the reason I, I wonder if, if, uh, if Cam Newton is the guy is I look at these double tight ends. You got Hunter Henry. You got John U. Smith. You got these wide receivers. And we talked about Cam. He is not a... Between the hashes, accurate, march down the field, let somebody be, become a yak guy for him. His short passing game is like a golfer's broke short game. It's, man, it's, 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 uh, it's unreliable. I wonder, like, is Cam Newton the right quarterback for this team? Just something to think about. All right. We could park that. We could stick a pin in that for a while. Yeah. Um, I think we got to stay in Boston on the other side. Oh, yeah? 
some news just crossed. There's some news that just crossed. Don't don't peek. Don't peek. Don't look at your phone. There's some news that I'm just not gonna crossed look at the that, news. Uh, that might pique your interest. I'll, I'll, I'll be surprised. Thank you for the tease. Don't tell me. Don't tell me anything. I'm not. Okay. I'll be blissfully ignorant for the next uh, two or three minutes. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Okay. This drives a lot of people crazy, but another day, another random LeBron stat. There's a lot of people out there that feel like we go out of our way, we bend over backward um, to manufacture more stats as it relates to LeBron James. So last night in the win against the Warriors, uh, LeBron put up 22, 22, 11 rebounds and 10 assists to become the first player in NBA history with 10 triple doubles after turning 35. <laughs> um, uh, so, and the previous. Um, oh, I think Jason Kidd had eight. I'm sorry. Oh, You're asking me yeah. for too many details. Uh, I, think I think it was, uh, yeah, second is eight, Jason Kidd. Paul Pierce and Paul Gasol both had three. All this via stat muse. Um, but LeBron, as you know, is a master multitasker. So this is the story. You, did you peek? Did you hear, I did did not. You hear the story? You, you, you tell the truth? I'm okay. telling the truth. I wouldn't right. lie so to you. Would I time? lie to you? Would I lie to you to your face? Yeah, you would. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'd answer, lie yes. to your face? Yeah. Yeah, you are. I've never... Have I ever lied to your face before? That's smirk. That's smirk. That's smirk. It's dangerous. You, you, it's dangerous. You know what it, hey, hey, you know before what you tell is. me, answer that. Have I ever lied to your face before? I don't think so. Okay. 
Let me let's 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 unpack that for a second. I don't know that you've lied to my face before. <laughs> I have not caught you lying to my face before. Doesn't mean you well, haven't hasn't lied happened. to my face before. I think you find out eventually. That's the great thing about somebody lying to you. Eventually, you'll figure it out. Some, in some cases, in some cases, sometimes you're paying attention. You're paying attention. Anyway, what's the news? What's According the news? to the Boston Globe's Michael Silverman, LeBron James has purchased an undisclosed amount of shares in Fenway Sports Group, which will also give him part ownership in other entities, along with an ownership stake in the Boston Red Sox. Good for him. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, it makes sense because... That's pretty, that's pretty uh, interesting. That's great because the story, and I don't know if the story gets in, Michael Silverman's story gets into it, like the the long partnership between Fenway Sports Group and LeBron's team. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to say Maverick Carter, but I could be I could be off on this. I think Maverick Carter uh, has had a, a relationship with Fenway Sports Group going back off the top of my head. I'm going to say 2013 or 2014. Uh, so this is not unusual. And you know, John Henry uh, doesn't just own the Red Sox. Uh, he he's got a stake uh, in, in Liverpool as well, the soccer team. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about Liverpool, you know, LeBron's a soccer fan. Red Sox are an iconic brand. He wants to, he wants to have ownership one day in, in basketball. But, hey, a la Magic Johnson, get some ownership in baseball, too. Uh, if, if you got a shot and you know you're just like when you, you're talking about purchasing, making smart purchases, will the value of your purchase rise? Absolutely. Boston Red Sox. Not only do you have the Red Sox, Fenway Park, you have a regional sports network, New England Sports Network. This is a very, this is a very astute move by LeBron James. I'm it's a mogul move. Pr- it's a mogul move. I promise right you. So he's got an undisclosed amount of FSG shares after previously holding an approximately 2% share of the Liverpool soccer franchise since 2011. Um I'm reading from the Globe. By becoming a partner in FSG, and you did all this off the top of your head, uh, he'll now also become part owner of the Red Sox, uh, Nesson, Roush Fenway Racing, Fenway Sports Management. Great. Um, Smart. And they've also, FSG has also made uh, Redbird Capital Partners his third largest partner, um, approving a $750 million private investment um, so now they can, uh, go about, uh, enhancing their portfolio, adding to their list of properties. Um, and you're right. Maverick Carter is also joining James as an FSG partner and they become the first black partners in FSG history, LeBron James and Maverick. Carter. On FSG's Fenway Sports Group shopping wish list are NFL and NBA franchises, another European soccer club, NHL, MLS, WNBA, and uh, National Women's Soccer League teams, plus sports betting, esports, and data, data analytics companies. Hey, Mike. Pretty good. Mike. Yeah. 
Yeah. Why doesn't LeBron James just stick to sports? <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. I, I'm Forbes telling you. Recent valuation. What a FSG story. He placed it at placed it at six point six billion. Oh, he's sticking to sports. He's sticking to sports no. and he's sticking no, it he's to not. his critics. No, no, this is sticking to sports. No, 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 no. This is sticking to sports. But he, but but he but he is stick is not just his see when they say stick to sports, they're like stick yes. to they don't just mean don't talk about yes. politics, don't talk about social issues. Right. They mean stick to playing your sport on the playing court. The sport. Stick don't to do dribbling, throwing, shooting, tackling. Don't own anything. No, no, he's sticking to sports, but just not in the way that they intend for him to stick to sports. Good for him. I mean, now it's Good like Diversifying right. that portfolio, six point six billion dollar valuation, uh, good for fourth place on the sports empire list. One spot ahead of um, the Yankees parent company. Uh, so Fenway Sports Group uh, just got a hell of a lot stronger. This is so rich, pun intended, on so many levels. Not just because uh, you know LeBron, the mogul continuing to make moves. We know what he's doing in the entertainment space with Spring Hill. Um, he just he just never stops. And he's still the best player in the world. So he's still the best player in the world and a major player uh, when it comes to the business world as well. Um, but what's fascinating is, is this marriage. I mean, look, uh, so just for, let's just laugh about, hey, a Los Angeles Laker, I know he hasn't always been a Laker, but a Los Angeles Laker being a part owner of the Boston Red Sox is kind of cool. But also, and we've talked about this, we talked about it, um, you know, when the Red Sox hired a a black female uh, coach, black female instructor, the, the history, the racial and racist history of the Boston Red Sox. Last team to integrate. Mm-hmm. Um, to now have LeBron James, who stands shoulder to shoulder with just about any athlete, certainly contemporary and maybe uh, throughout history. Look, I, I know he didn't uh, compete in the Olympics in, in the presence of Adolf Hitler. You know, um, I know he didn't um, beat the Great White Hope in, 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 a, in a boxing match. Um, I realize, you know, he didn't protest against uh, against Vietnam and, 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 and risk his career. And he certainly didn't kneel, but LeBron James holds his own when it comes to his social and political activism. And for that individual to now be a part owner of the Boston Red Sox, uh, there's some poetry there. There's some, there's some real poetry there. Um, yeah. So this, this man, this man, you, you think you've seen it all. And then he just got more up his sleeve. And, and he's still playing. Imagine what happens when he devotes all his time to this kind of stuff. <laughs> and he's not busy yeah, putting I mean, triple doubles. You know? Who, who did you... When he doesn't uh, have a day job. I can't remember who you, you, who you said. Uh, you said we were talking about an athlete. It may have been Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And you said, I can't wait to see what happens when he's done. When he's finished. Basketball. See what he does. But... No, no, LeBron James is that for me. I can't wait to see what happens with LeBron James as he has 
He's grow, mate, He's growing. He's growing. He's still continuing to grow. You say he's the best player uh, in basketball. He was drafted 18 years ago, 2003. Yet he's still the best player in the game. Felt like he should have been the MVP last year. Was a Finals MVP last year. So basketball is set. Uh, won a championship with this third different team in the NBA last year. And yet, off the court, I feel like he's 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 you know off the court he is a um, he is a solid contributor business wise a solid contributor all star who's got a chance to be all NBA if he t- if he puts his focus on his business interest. That's just it, it's it's really it's really an incredible story, uh, start to finish. Really think about it. Oh, good stuff. I'm glad you know that was Get worth the wait. Kid from Akron. Hashtag kid from Akron. I taught him everything, yeah. man. I'm All proud right, of um, him. <laughs> now, you're, you're one of Ringle, my mentees. And Ringo's proud of him. Yeah, right. You're one of my and, mentees, uh, and so is LeBron James. I'm doing well. You and LeBron. Yeah, and we both and we, and we both equally successful. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. And <laughs> let's get back into, into some more hoops on the other side, man. We got to talk about this Knicks-Nets game last night, man. That felt like a rivalry to me, um, a, a, a rivalry in the making, in the making, not yet. Neither one of them have won anything, but they had that vibe to it. So, that's how Julius Randle got robbed last night. He got robbed. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Oh, I've been wanting to talk some basketball for a while, and I really wanted to talk about this. Tom Haberstroh tweeted it out, talking about the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler on the court. They're plus 120 with him off the court, minus 153. He's in the MVP conversation, quietly sipping his coffee off to the side. Ooh, I like that about Jimmy Butler, but let's take it to the next level, too. Jimmy Butler, MVP candidate. 
And I would say the Miami Heat, like they were bubble darlings. They were bubble darlings. Everybody, oh, Miami, don't forget about Miami. They go to the finals. They lose in six to the Lakers, Stroh. And then we forget about Miami. And here they come. What is it, 10 of 11 they've won? Right back in the mix. How you doing, man? I'm good, Holly. Good to be back. And, yes, the Miami Heat, where I covered the team for six years on South Beach, uh, it's great to see them back and back in relevancy. I mean, when you look at their season, it's really been all about availability. You know, people were saying, oh, maybe there were frauds in the bubble and they weren't that good. Nah, it's just Jimmy Butler was battling COVID, was out with COVID protocol, same with Bam Adebayo. And now they're healthy with, with Jimmy Butler. They've won their last nine games with Jimmy Butler. And he is the engine to everything they do on both ends of the floor. Um, and yes, I uh, wasn't kidding. I think he deserves to be in the MVP conversation. That's a long list. That's a big conversation. But when you talk about guys yeah. who do it on both ends of the floor, that that list has to start with Jimmy Butler. I, I love the MVP conversation in the NBA in particular, Stro. You know this. Like, that's kind of an award in and of itself. You know what I mean? Like, that's a it, just to be in the conversation. I, you know, I think about... Um, Tropic Thunder, Ben Stiller and Tropic Thunder, like, you know, you, you want an Oscar? No, but just to be nominated to it would have been nice. You know, like when you in when you're in the conversation, that sometimes that's that's as good as it's gonna get for some people. Like Jimmy Butler's not gonna realistically win MVP, but your compliment and your commentary, your point is well taken nonetheless. So having said all of that though, oh I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, we got yeah, some I mean, pushback like, on this. They, you want to try, you got he hasn't he hasn't played in 14 games, Michael. Of the Heat season. So he's played in 25 of the 39 games. That is too much right now. But if he continues to play every single game of this season and he ends up with the season just only 14 games uh, without being in uniform for them, that that gap, like, I can get on board with, especially when you throw in the fact that a lot of the other MVP candidates don't have, like, open and shut cases. If you want to look at Nikola Jokic, you can point to the fact that they're 15th in defense. They're not a top three team in the Western Conference. If you want to look at Giannis, team has a little bit underperformed this year. I know Drew Holiday's been injured. Look at LeBron James. The Lakers aren't blowing the doors off of people. If you look at Utah, like, do you want to give it to Donovan or Rudy Gobert? I think with if there is a year for Jimmy Butler, a player who has missed 14 games in the season to win MVP, this is it. I'm not going to say he's the favorite. Oh. I'm not going to say he's going to win it. But if there is a season with the COVID protocols and no fans, this is the one to do it. Embiid. Oh, I, Embiid. I'm sorry. I, I, I beg your pardon, Stro. I am so sorry. I thought that that was like a little nice, you know, compliment, little throwaway. Like, hey, he's an MVP conversation. I didn't realize we were starting a campaign for Jimmy Butler. I'm with it. Yes. I'm picking up what it's you put down. I didn't know that. Okay, so this you're saying he's a dark horse, and when he is in everybody's MVP conversation, we will point back to this moment when Tom Haberstroh gassed <laughs> up that wagon that everybody uh, got you. I, I, okay, now I got it. And you're right. Coming off of last year, I mean, you know, who, who did more, who had a bigger star turn in the bubble and in the finals? Than Jimmy Butler. So, wow, okay. So you got him actually contending for MVP, not just in the conversation, but there for the rest of the way. I mean, I'm okay. So I stand corrected, Michael. Well, I'm wondering uh, why you kind of glossed over the, uh, the Brooklyn guys, whether it's Kyrie Irving or James Harden, or 
Why didn't mention Joel Embiid? I know he's going to be out for two to three weeks, but you didn't mention Embiid and your MVP candidates. Why not? Well, you said it with Embiid. Like, he would be my MVP if I knew that he was going to be healthy going forward. We don't know that. He's going to be out for two to three weeks with a knee injury, a guy at that size. I can't guarantee that he's going to be healthy throughout the rest of the season, even if he comes back in two weeks. And then if you look at the guys in in Brooklyn, like, yeah, we could talk ourselves into Kyrie Irving. I'm not still on board with James Harden as an MVP, considering what we saw in Houston and what happened there. Um, I'm not on board with James Harden as as an MVP candidate this year. Like Kyrie, like he's off offensively amazing. Um, but I can't get over the fact that the Brooklyn Nets are still 25th in the on, on the defensive end. Like I know that's not Kyrie's bag, but still, uh, this is a one-sided basketball team. And James Harden, since he arrived, they're 25th on the defensive end. Um, I just think when you look at a defensive of the, or, or an MVP candidate, I want a little bit of both on both ends of the floor. That's why I like Joel Embiid as the MVP. I like Giannis. And then there's Jimmy Butler. Or Jimmy um, Butler. So like all those yeah. candidates are, are on the table, but like I, I still Kyrie Irving's been out for a bunch of games as well. So not, this isn't like an open and shut MVP or it's wide open. And sure. so I think Jimmy Butler very much deserves to be in the conversation. I, I, I like, I love hearing how your mind works and you are a voter for the record, right? You are an MVP voter, correct? Not this year, but uh, I am an MVP already. Yeah. Oh, you have been. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I, I just want to uh, stick with Harden for a second because we've talked about this for the last few weeks. And so much, matter of fact, I think, Stro, it's been so long since you've been on. Harden was a rocket the last time you were on with us. So a lot's happened since we last talked to you. Um, if, if James Harden keeps this up and the Nets end up with the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, is it strictly based off of you just cannot forgive him? for tanking it in Houston? Like, how is he not the most valuable? I mean, he's been the arguably the best player in the game since he got to Brooklyn. So what is it that, is it just on principle you can't give it to him? I mean, it's just there's there's a few games where he wasn't the, you know, the the consummate leader on that team. I mean, in due time, if he continues to put this up, he has to be in the conversation, right? Um, but I still, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, they, they played really, really well against the Knicks last night. They've had their issues defensively, and they add Blake Griffin, which to me is a lot like Belichick when he picks up a second tight end where it's like, you don't even need offense with this Brooklyn Nets. And then you go and get, you get Blake Griffin? Like, what's how is that feeling a need? You already got a tight end, and you're going to go out and get another one just because? Like, I feel like this is what the Nets are doing, it makes no sense to me is, is they're going to give minutes to Blake Griffin eventually and put him on the floor in place of someone who can give them that defensive, uh, you know, contribution. So I think that's where I'd like to see the Brooklyn Nets improve on is like, I know they can score, you know, run teams out of the gym. I just don't know if they can contend at the highest levels. And I don't think there's been an, uh, a championship team that has ranked bottom six in defensive rating, like ever. No. And if it is one, it's 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 not in a regular season. Maybe this is the, the the legacy of the Nets, is that in a pandemic, in a COVID season, maybe they can win it all just because every team is just dealing with issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I, w- I want to take you to the Western Conference, and I'm trying to figure out what this number is. Uh, let's say, let's put it at 65%. Let's say Anthony Davis is 65 70% when he returns. Uh, uh, for the Lakers, then I would suggest that the Lakers don't win a championship. And who does? And, and what does it take for 
what does it take for, for somebody else to pass the Lakers? Is it Anthony Davis out altogether? Is it 50%? Is it 70%? Uh, what do you think? I think anything less than 75% Anthony Davis, the Lakers are in trouble. And I think that is going to be a realistic scenario going forward, considering they keep pushing back the timetable of Anthony Davis coming back from his calf strain slash Achilles issue. And that's a worrisome thing. Kevin Durant also, the timetable keeps getting pushed back with his calf strain or his hamstring strain. And I think that's an issue, not just obviously not a good sign with these setbacks for both of those players, but this season, Michael, is so different because there's almost no practice time with this condensed schedule. And I think when you're trying to ramp up the minutes for Anthony Davis, it's going to be very hard for them to expect anything higher than 75% when he's going to be out for not just a month, but not with the appropriate ramp up time that you might see in a regular uh, non-condensed season. So without the practice time, it's going to be hard for me to see Anthony Davis come back at a high level. And I think they need that because look, the Utah Jazz, people are sleeping on them still. They're on pace to win to 60, about them. 60 games. They're on pace to win 60 games in an 82-game season. Their point differential is not 2015 Atlanta Hawks. Like People keep saying, oh, they're Atlanta Hawks, 2015 frauds, right? Not this point differential that they're at. They're blowing teams out. They've had a little bit of an issue here recently. But this is there's only 13 teams in the NBA history that have had as good of a point differential adjusted for their strength of schedule. Their point differential is crazy high. And those teams that have that high point differential more often than not win the title. You have to consider the Utah Jazz as the title favorite right now in the NBA. Mm. You you stole my question. Thank you for the answer. I was just going to ask if you were a believer in Utah and tell us how you really feel. So thank you for that. So (laughs) here's my last question then. I don't usually do this. I I don't usually ask people what they think about some crazy crap that I said. But I actually do want to get your opinion on it. Because Michael and I, uh, after the All-Star game, I came in. I didn't sleep well at night, that night. I was a little woozy. Um, but I was just so – and I know it was an All-Star setting. But I was just so appreciative of the showman that Steph Curry is. Uh, and I was just so appreciative to have him back this year. And he's always the life of every party. He's that guy. You know, there's, there might be a lot of funny people in the room, but when Steph's, Steph's on the court, everybody feeds off his joy. So I made the statement that in the history of team sports, but we can stick to basketball for purposes of this conversation, that I don't believe there's ever been a more entertaining when you combine skill level, bravado, gravitas, the whole thing, you know, joy. I don't know if there's ever been a more entertaining athlete than Steph Curry. Am I crazy? Man, that's a great point. I mean, when you look at just on-court players playing with him, maximizing what they do on the floor, historically, you look at players' shooting percentage when they play with Stephen Curry compared to when they don't, Every it's just a rising tide floats all boats. You look at the on-court production of every one of his teammates, and they all seem to skyrocket because of all the gravity that he has on the floor. You have to put two bodies, at least two bodies, like glued to him on 50 feet of that front court, right? And that creates so many opportunities for other players to play better. And so I think just naturally playing with Steph Curry is so much fun uh, because of all of the attention paid towards him. It makes you a better player, but also the culture of being around him. The other day when he's screaming at teammates, 
The reason why that was a, a story was because we never see that. He's always positive. He always seems to be lifting everybody up. And you don't seem to have the drama around Steph Curry that you might have with other superstars in this league. But I will say this. This James Wiseman experiment of him playing next to Steph Curry is not working out. They need to figure something out, whether it's a trade or whether to separate them entirely, because James Wiseman is the kryptonite to Stephen Curry. It's very hard to get Max Steph Curry That's when he problem. has a 19-year-old, non-passing big man who has tough hands right now. It doesn't work. When he's on the floor with Steph Curry, the Warriors score 102 points per 100 possessions. When Steph Curry is playing with anybody else other than James Wiseman, the 19-year-old big who doesn't pass, that offensive rating skyrockets to 117, from 102 to 117. Like, Stephen Curry this season has to be so frustrated because he knows in order to win, to cement a lot of the questions about his legacy and not playing with Kevin Durant, like, they need to do something with James Wiseman because right now it is not working. And they have that trade chip with the Minnesota Timberwolves pick, and I'm very curious to see what they do at the trade deadline and maybe a Bradley Beal situation. You know what? Uh, so Can I just compliment I, you on how much or how much you did with that question? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, That's good. Like there's there's, take, there's taking questions and running with them, and then there's that. So bravo. Yeah, he did, he did a great <laughs> job with Michael. it. And you know what, Stro? I I don't have a verbal response to Mike's statement about Steph Curry. Well, not really. All I want is Mike just to sh- hold up his shirt, and then I rest my case. Just. Mike, could you just hold up your shirt you have on? Just hold up the shirt. Yeah, I know. I'm not wearing. I'm not. I'm so not wearing. I'm not wearing a Steph Curry shirt. I'm not wearing what a Steph it? Curry shirt. I'm wearing. I'm wearing the. I'm wearing, this is this is this is 63. This is 63. Oh, we're not talking guard. about okay. Danny Ainge. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, no, we're not talking about Danny Ainge. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Listen. Listen. Okay. Just. I'm sorry. Let, uh, let, Stroh went analytical. I'm strictly emotional. Listen, man. If you t- if I'm if I'm a paper to see somebody's Michael Michael Jordan is the greatest. Michael Jordan is the greatest. And when I say more entertaining pain, athlete than about, Steph like, Curry, I'm talking about I'm talking about fun. I'm talking about joking. I'm talking about joy. Again, the life of the party. I'm talking about all those things he brings to the table. And as we know, nobody shot the ball like him with that degree of difficulty. It's a different game. Jordan you know who might know the, the answer to this does. question? Doesn't mean Steph's better. You know, you know who might know the answer to this? Steve Kerr. Who's that? Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. I, wonder, I him, wonder what Steve Kerr would say. What well, he would say, whether in, term, in entertaining or want to play with or just star power, whether that's Michael Jordan point. or Steph Curry wins that argument. So there you go. That's yeah, our homework. I mean, look, obviously Jordan's, obviously Jordan's better. Obviously Jordan's more dominant. I'm not crazy. No, no, no. But no, I'm just don't talk saying, yourself like, out of it. It's just fun. Don't like, explain it. No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm saying the guy is just uniquely fun to watch. It's fun to watch people kick ass. Like watching Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Shaq kick people's ass is great. But Steph just does it differently. So anyway, Bastro, thank you for uh, educating us, as always, man. And we thank you for the tip. Uh, we'll have uh, Steve Kerr on on yeah. Thursday. Thursday. Last Friday. thing as a Red Sox fan, can LeBron <laughs> get his Mookie Betts back? Can we get that? And Jackie Bradley Jr., Tell can me we do about that? It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Listen, he's, he's gifted. I don't know if you're that gifted. <laughs> man, bro, you, we appreciate we, it. We can man. talk about this anytime. You, we, can t- <laughs> <laughs> we can come on and talk about Thanks, that. Man. That's incredible. All right, All right good. Right, LeBron can't be loving that. He can't be loving that they traded Mookie Betts. They're messing with his asset. Man, Le- That's his LeBron asset. LeBron don't care about that. He, he's like, I'm just here to make some paper, some more paper. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Oh, Mike, NFL free agency and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Charles Robinson, who will join us later this week, says the Buccaneers have already won it. Now, I'm looking at the stamp there. He wrote that. That was posted at 6.06 p.m. And he knew that there was some action happening with the New England Patriots. But he probably started writing and didn't look. And then, you know, he had a good, he had a good thing going with the column. You ever do this? You had a good thing going and you don't want any kind of new information to mess up this great column you got going. So I'm just going to ignore that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Patriots made some more signings, I mean, but I got this idea. I know you, I know you're being tongue in cheek, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong. The floor I mean, is Are yours. you judging this based off volume? Are you judging the floor this based off yours. volume? He's not wrong. Oh, wait a I mean, minute. Listen, you agree. I haven't that the even Buccaneers read Chuck have won it. Why? They kept the band together. He kept, they kept the band together. I haven't even I mean I haven't even read his column. I'm sure he lays out the argument much more uh in much more detail and much more I'm sure I'm sure that. Charles will appreciate but that. they tagged Godwin, re-signed Shaq Barrett, who was the best pass rusher on the market. Now he's not on the market, kept Levante David. Kept Rob Gronkowski, who was like, oh, yeah, I want to see what it's like to be a free agent for like five minutes. Okay, you know, so it's like he wasn't going nowhere. We'll see what happens with Fournette. But with all due respect, Fournette came on late. They could find somebody to run the ball. Like like Fournette and Antonio Brown, for that matter, whether they stay or go, I don't care. They kept the guys they needed to keep. And by that, I mean Godwin, David, and Barrett. Gronk was gravy, you know. So, and they still got Capram to play with, I believe. And again, they won the Super Bowl almost, I'm not going to say by accident, but, you know, they, they weren't, by midseason, Brady himself didn't think this was the year. Only for them to win the Super Bowl. They were ahead of schedule, let's put it that way. In the COVID year, they won the Super Bowl. So they run it back. To me, that, that, that makes them the winner. If you're talking about volume, sheer volume and splash, if this were a diving contest, and it was about the biggest splash, which if I'm not mistaken, I'm no diving expert, but that's actually a bad thing in diving. They, they don't like big splashes. So if it's about the biggest splash, then yeah, the Patriots are winning free agency because they're doing the most. But if this is about a, a maintaining a known commodity, as in the Super Bowl championship core, clearly it's the Bucks. Well, I, I'm the, this is why I say... Um, this is so interesting. I think that in some ways, the Bucks and the Patriots have some things in common. Uh, some no-nos. You're not supposed to do this, but they're doing it anyway. So for the Patriots, we already talked about what you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to go out uh, in one offseason 
and say, give me that, give me that, give me that, give me that. It's like going to the store hungry. Hey, don't go to the store hungry. You just wind up buying some stuff that you don't need. It's just crazy. So the Patriots just buying everything because they can. You're not supposed to do that in the NFL. And also, haven't we been told? That's, you know, about, that's how I shop, right? But do you? I'm sorry. Side, wait, side note. Side, side, sidebar. Don't lose your train of thought. But we got to. We got to do. I won't. I got it. Moment. But I'm learning you, some information. Do you go to the grocery store? I do, do go, go to the grocery, grocery store? store at all. Do you? I don't like going to the grocery you store. Do. I don't like it. It freaks me out. My wife doesn't like, like me going to the grocery store. I have oh, I have well, not gone to the grocery store. I don't like as going. An, I have not gone to the grocery store as an adult, probably in about fifteen years. Because my wife knows that right? that if I go to the grocery store, I am one of those guys that's not going to get anything we need, and I'm going to come home with about six or seven different bags of chips, a bunch of variations of lemonade, so, something new. Um, hey, this looks good. Let's try this. Some some cookies. Like I, I still shop like a teenager. And it, I blame my late grandfather, my late great grandparents, both of them. When we were kids, when we would go to the gro- grocery store. It, w- it would be like a field trip. They would take us to the grocery store. And my grandfather would have one basket. My grandmother would have another basket. And they would, my grandfather would shop. He would walk up and down every aisle. And he would let his grandbabies get whatever they wanted to get. We'd just throw all the, 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 the donut sticks and the honey buns and, and the cookies and the chips and all the different snacks. We just throw it at whatever you want. Get, get whatever you want. Just We just throw stuff in the basket. And that's how I shop. So the other day, I think Maya went to the grocery store with me, and she was like, oh, word, this is how this is how the other half lives? Like, so I'm just walking up every single aisle, and just whatever she see, I'm like, put in the basket. Like, I'm not getting anything productive, nothing healthy, because I ain't cooking nothing. Like, I don't cook. So I'm not thinking about cooking. I'm thinking about snacking. So, like, do not send me to the wow. grocery store if you actually want to That's live awful. a healthy lifestyle. I am not your guy. Like, I will finance the groceries, but shopping for the groceries, shout out to Bill Parcells, I ain't cooking a meal, and I ain't shopping for groceries. I'm sorry, you were saying. That just brought back. No, I'll tell you. <laughs> that approach, that approach, the Patriots did that, kind of, threw everything in there, hoping something yes. sticks. And, and it, the odds will tell you it probably won't work. As excited as we're getting today, it probably won't work. And haven't we been told about winning the Super Bowl? Everything changes. You can't just bring everything back. Every season is different. Some guys you're going to have to make tough decisions on. You're going to have to let them go. They're going to cost more than you should pay them, even though you'll be tempted to pay them. I get it. Tom Brady, contract extension, creating a little more space. But should they? You said they're bringing the band back. Should they have brought back Rob Gronkowski for $10 million? Should they have franchised Chris Godwin? It ain't tricking if you got it. Yes. So, and, God, okay, so the, Godwin. All right, let's talk about Godwin in particular. Also, in the, in the suggestion, too, that um, that if you if you bring that back, if you try to recapture that vibe you had winning the Super Bowl, that you're going to be disappointed because that season, you know, everybody's, everybody's hunger is different before you win it and then after you win it. Everybody, you don't you don't buy all that. Stop. Everybody wants Stop. more credit than they. Stop. No, 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 no. no, no. Generally, 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 do I buy that? Yes. But we're talking about twelve. Okay. And I'm talking about a dude that with Levante, that with Levante David 
dared shed a tear for making the Super Bowl, he was like, suck it up and stop crying. We got work to do. I mean, like this, this terminator of a quarterback is not going to let everybody get fat, happy, and complacent. That's not, that's not going to be the vibe in Tampa. You know that. I know that. Like, there's a, the last team to repeat was his team. And this, yeah. this, and, and this one might do it again. I mean, and I don't think he, he's been there, done it. If anybody can shepherd or guide this Buccaneers ship through the turbulent waters of defending a Super Bowl championship, it's the guy that's done it once and tried and failed to do it, I don't know, another six times or whatever it is. I, I lose track. You know, he's defended successfully one time. The rest of the time, he has not defended it. So he knows what it looks like. So I'm not worried about this organization or these players getting complacent, but specifically the players that resign. Okay, Gronk, ten million. So what? Okay, fine. I mean, it's one year. He's on. He's on. A, he's a, he's a one year guy now, as he said. So it's one year. It's not like they gave him a huge bonus and they wrecked their cap to do it. Godwin to franchise tag Godwin. Hopefully, he gets a long term deal. I don't know how much you know about Chris Godwin. There was a recent Athletic article about him. Yo, people love that dude. Like right. he is a, a, that rare receiver who exudes leadership from that position. He's like one of the heartbeats, if not the heartbeat of that team, from what I gather. So he is, that's a that's an investment to retain Chris Godwin. Levante David's been there for a long time. And Shaq Barrett, like, you don't, you, you can't overpay for pass rushers. So it's not like they went and threw and, and signed and, and tried to keep everybody and sign and, and signed bad contracts. Everything they've done so far is smart. That's why I say if Antonio Brown stays or goes, I don't care. You got Scotty Miller, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. You got enough at wide receiver anyway. That's a luxury. If uh, God, if yeah. if, uh, if 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 Leonard Fournette Leonard goes, Fournette. like okay, you find somebody else to you draft get another back for crying out loud. You get another one for cheap. Yeah, it's like so their core is intact, and so is their focus. Brady, as you know, is already thinking about number eight. So I know. Yeah, well, I, I like their eyes to repeat before free Brady. agency. Before free agency, I like their eyes to repeat. Now, since they kept the team together, like them even more. Yeah. Mike, I understand Tom Brady is going to be focused. I mean, it's Tom Brady. Yeah, he's going to be good. But that's that's one guy who has who has won it before and knows what it takes. Knows what it takes to get back on. You you think that Tom Brady is going to go man to man and say, hey, this is what you're doing in your offseason. I don't like your mentality. Make sure your head's right. Your head's right. I mean, like, I don't know if, if Brady is gonna is, is gonna save the entire organization and get everybody aligned to repeat as champions. What, what, why, why are you so convinced that they all just gonna be, you know, partying and out of shape and not training and why, you know, not professional this offseason? Like, I mean, I, human, I, 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 human. I, it's hard. I don't think so. It's hard to do. Veteran guys and. There's, and it was hard. One or two way, there's one or two ways to approach this. You can either you can either get a taste of it and be satisfied, or you can get a taste of it and all it did is whet your appetite. I never won a Super Bowl, but I mean, I, there's a lot of guys, and I think we should give these guys more credit for their own individual drive. That's part of the, like. Listen, I don't. Let's not overstate the Brady thing. As if he went in. I mean, we could talk about Brady's leadership and and his his incredible example that he sets, but we don't have to do it at the expense of the drive and the professionalism. That's fair, yes. The determination yes. and the motivation and the focus that the rest of these guys have on their own. Brady may have put it over the top, and he may have been great sending text messages saying, we're going to win, I believe that we will win, or whatever it was he was doing. 
he may have been great. And he may, he may have elevated the organization in terms of the credibility that he brought to that position and to that locker room. That's all well and good. But to suggest that now that Shaq Barrett didn't got paid, you know, he going to forget what got him there. Or, you know, now that uh, Chris Godwin has got a franchise tag, which is not long-term security, Chris Godwin don't strike me as the type of guy to be complacent. I don't, I don't think complacency is going to be this organization's issue. I really don't. If, if, if they're going to have an issue, it's going to be what happens to everybody in this game. It's the nature of the game. Injuries, you know. Somebody, somebody's untimely injury or, you know, things don't break the right way. But I don't think it's going to be because, man, you know, we really just didn't work hard enough in the offseason. I don't think that's going to be the issue. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me put a bread tie on, on the, the Bucks repeat topic and the one I have right under it. A twisty feet. tie or the kind yeah. with the plastic where you do it, it yourself, which I don't know. Oh, twisty. That's twisty. How I do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it says something like, remember Gronk, the retiree. And, and hmm. when you talk about the pettiness factor of the Patriots making their moves as a response to Brady winning the Super Bowl, there's also... Uh, I think there's a response to Gronk, too. It's not just Brady. Let's let's not forget the Gronk part of this thing. But mm-hmm. I think the Gronk part may have upset the Patriots. I'm guessing here. I think the Gronk departure upset the Patriots more than Brady, although Brady's departure was more damaging to the Patriots, clearly. Mm. I, okay. Th- let's just... Okay. Gronk said he wanted to retire. He's not the first athlete who says he wants to retire and then has a change of heart. But that's not what happened here. Gronk retired. There were some rumblings, some whispers, some office gossip. Word around the campfire is that Rob Gronkowski, part of his retirement was physically, he was just beat up. And the other part was he just didn't want to roll with Bill Belichick. He didn't want to. Yeah, he was sick of it. He didn't want to play for him anymore. And so he yeah. is a he's quiet in 2019. He's on Fox. He's on the Masked uh, Celebrity, whatever that show was called. He's doing all this stuff. And as soon as Tom Brady, it was actually a year ago, St. Patrick's Day, 2020. So tomorrow, the one year tomorrow, Tom Brady goes to Tampa. All of a sudden, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski tells the Patriots, "I'm coming out of retirement, and you're going to trade me." He forced their hand. You're going to trade me. And if you don't trade me, what if I come out of retirement and just sit on your roster? I'm going to, I'm going to totally screw up your salary cap. So he forced them to trade him to Tampa. And now he's there and he's having a great time. I think that really bothered him. I think, I, honestly, uh, that, that Gronk had this whole change as soon as Brady came back. I can see that. I can see that. Um, we keep talking about all the people that the Patriots uh, acquired. Who we didn't talk about yesterday, and I want to sneak this in now. And you mentioned his name earlier. Uh, he was franchise tag last year. Left this year is Joe Tooney, and he signed with Kansas City, which in the Hysteria over the Patriots spending spree. That's a really, really good signing. Solid, strong signing because, you know, we we missed a few days last week. um, Or maybe we just never got to it. One of the things that I was really 
concerned about. I mean, I, I figured they had a plan, and I knew they wouldn't go into uh, go into next season with a bunch of uh, you know turnstiles at tackle, so to speak. Yeah. But I was wondering, like, who's protecting Pat Mahomes? You know, um, they cut both their tackles. Yeah. Um, Fisher and Schwartz both cut in the offseason. And so to add just a, a rock solid kind of guy, look, I mean, once upon a time, five years, $80 million for an interior lineman was like, are you kidding me? But look, that's the going rate, buddy. That's the going rate. Hold on. What's up? What else? What I get? Hold I got on. Wrong? What? Is he not an interior lineman? No, you didn't get it wrong. They're going to kick he, him off the tackle? Am I missing something? I think so. I think so. He's got that ability. Look. I think so? Joe Tooney. Yeah. Joe Tooney. They're going to love him in Kansas City. This is a uh, this is a really smart guy. Like you, you won't find. The way you were talking about Chris Godwin, Joe Tooney is that guy, too. Uh, can, can do can do anything. And so the Patriots played him at guard, but in college, he was a guard. He was a tackle. He could play left side, right side. Versatility. Really smart, can pick oh, up quickly. It. Versatility. Give me that. Give me that versatile so, lineman. And remember, Andy Reid, his background, Andy Reid's a big, you know, is a, is a big lineman himself. And I think uh, I think Andy Reid can bring that part, bring that side out of him. I would not be surprised at all to see Joe Tooney either on the left side or the right side, right tackle or left tackle. Would not shock me. Okay, maybe both. Hey, even even better, even better. But I love I love the signing um, because the AFC until further notice still goes through Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Yes. I beg your pardon. Till further notice. Yes, yes. No, it didn't end well. Uh, and the Patriots are, are winning the, the AFC offseason Super Bowl. They, they won the AFC offseason competition, and the draft is still yet to come. But till further notice, that conference belongs to the Chiefs. It was the first time. Um, it's the first time. The Super Bowl was the first time all year we saw them when we said, what is this? What's, what's, what's wrong? Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. And, and, yeah, sure, give some credit to uh, – give a lot of credit to Tampa uh, and, and Todd Bowles in the defense and, and all the players. But I don't know. I, I don't know if that's if, – if they run – if they ran that back. Like, if you had a Super Bowl rematch of, of Kansas City and Tampa Bay, it's not going to happen like that again. Good for them. Good for Tampa yeah, shutting them down, but oh, I think it does. Oh, I definitely think it does. You think they would for, do – For, you, you, for Tampa? You think Tampa would shut them down again like that? Unless Joe Tooney would be playing in that game. I, I, same, if it's the same, same, if they're shorthanded up front the same way they were, I mean, we should have seen it coming, for crying out loud. We should have, we should have seen it coming. I don't know. We should have. Know. We, we, Look, we, knew that, we knew that their tackle situation was something to be watched, and they exploited the hell out of it. It, it never fails. How I would look forward to it. Incredible offenses. Hell, the Giants did it against better. Brady. Incredible offenses. And that and that front four, that pass rush, neutralize them. I, I think if, if they Tampa Bay would do the same, that wasn't that wasn't a fluke. That sounds awfully close to that was a fluky win. That's kind of that's, no. that's, you're tiptoeing on that fluke line. That's what it sounds no, like. I'm not tiptoeing. That's what you intimated. I'm not walking. Okay, well that's why I'm heard. walking solidly. Maybe you didn't imply it. That's what. Okay, so you so you so that was explicit, not implicit. You meant to call it a fluke. Right, right. I didn't say it's a fluke. What I'm saying is. 
that's a that's a rematch I would look forward to, and I wouldn't know. It's not like, hey, Tampa and Kansas City are going to play in the Super Bowl again this year, just like they did last year. And uh, oh, we know who's going to win that game, Tampa all the way. No, I don't think that. Oh, that's a different question. Think, oh wait, hold on, that's different. No, that's different. I'm sorry, that's what I'm saying. I misunderstood your I, initial question. That's what I'm saying. I thought you said how it went down a couple of weeks ago. If they played that game again. It wouldn't go the same way. Like, oh, you know, that particular game? That, oh, that, oh, if they played that particular yeah, game again, yes, that's what I thought you way. Yeah. I'm saying, but these two teams. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. My, my bad. I got okay. you. You're saying they see each other next yeah. year. Okay. No. 100, right. Okay. Same page. Wires crossed. Same page. Let's go ahead and take this that's break. Um, um, bro, they got so much football we even got to yet. Uh, if you want to shift gears, we can. But they got, a, they got a couple of NFC South comings and goings that I got thoughts on. And I love this. You know, I love this oh, stuff. Yeah. You know what? Yo, you know what I forgot? I forgot to bring up uh, Nick's Nets with Stroh, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get into it anyway. Yeah, we'll get there. We got football stuff Eventually. to get to. Or not. Bro, how can you not fire a franchise mode right now? Hey, give it, I gave away all the stuff. I gave it all away. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Are you set at the quarterbacking position? I think we are. I think we are. And, and look, there, there'll be a few calls we made, but our goal coming into the offseason was to obviously re-sign Jameis. Taysom played for us in four games last year and let those guys go to work. And, 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 uh, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about those two. Now, there, there, there are a few things that, that may still be out there, but I, I, I see those two competing for this position. Saints, Cowboys. Okay, so um, this is Russell Wilson's list I'm, I'm working with right now. So, <laughs> I mean, he said there's a few other things out there. And I guess stranger things have happened, and he wouldn't be the first coach to say one thing and do another. But that's right. Sounds like the, uh, sounds like the Saints are moving forward. And I like it. I like it for Jameis, man. I like it for Jameis. We haven't talked much about Jameis since last year when Drew Brees got hurt, and we thought, we presumed that Jameis would play. He played Taysom Hill instead, which is still a bit of a head-scratcher. I, I don't get the Taysom Hill thing. Uh, from a football standpoint, I don't get it. But okay. Why? I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not that impressed with him as a passer. I get, I get that he's big, he's strong, he's mobile. And Sean Payton, you know, likes to do all kinds of cool stuff with him, but I, I, I got a hard time believing that Taysom Hill is a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. Just on pure quarterback ability. Uh, it's just hard for me to believe. I haven't won a Super Bowl as a coach, but hey, that's just me. I'm just a guy on Zoom from his uh, a room over his garage. Um, Damn, look at those numbers. I like the tight window rate. It's really good. Oh, how about pass stick percentage? On third down. Yeah, that's good. First. 
that's that's some next level stuff. That is next gen stats. That's next gen stats, yeah, man. Right, there you go. Look, Jameis Winston um, had some questions coming out of Florida State. Maturity questions coming out of Florida State. He had his struggles in Tampa. Uh, there was a point last year when Tony Romo conveniently. Remember when he basically unloaded on Bruce Arians? I think it was the Kansas yeah. City game, the regular season game, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Unloaded on Bruce Arians, basically aired all of Tom Brady's dirty laundry on his behalf on national television. It was basically taking a production meeting to television. It was like, look, here it is. all the things that, that they're doing wrong on offense right now. One of the things that CBS built was this graphic that showed the quarterbacks that Bruce Arians has coached their interceptions in his first year with them. And it was the only time before or since that Jameis Winston has ever been on the same screen with Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and Andrew Luck. (laughs) Only time he's ever been mentioned in the same paragraph with those dudes. Conveniently, because of the 30 interceptions that he threw last year. And it was something of an indictment Mike, the Bucks, the same. Mike, my goodness. That's a lot. Can, can, That's a lot of interceptions. We can pause. <laughs> 30, my man 30 threw 30 lot. interceptions. That's you that's Benny Testaverde. Right. It, 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 it's, two, it's 2020. Oh, wow. 30 is a lot. 30 but still threw picks. for 5,000 yards, didn't he? 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. Like, this stat line like nobody's ever seen. And a bunch of pick sixes. So, anyway, Didn't he lead, lead the league in pick sixes? Bunch of pick sixes. Bunch of them. I'm not, look, I'm not caping up for Jameis Winston. Uh, it sounds I'm like saying, you are. You're about to. You're about to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. No, no, don't no. Back what down, I'm saying down. is, I, what if you know me to back down? What if you know me to back down? I, I'm saying that. I won't bring that up. Go ahead. Jameis Winston, I know the Bucks went from average to Super Bowl champion when they upgraded their quarterback. And I know Jameis Winston. Sean Payton decided to make good on his promise to Taysom Hill and, and play him over Jameis last year. I'm going to assume, and I know what they say about assumptions, but nonetheless, I'm going to assume that Jameis Winston beats out Taysom Hill. The kid was still a number one pick for a reason. He just got to sit and watch one of the greatest of all time work day in and day out. He's playing for an incredible coach. I just, I, I think we're going to see the best of Jameis Winston. I'm, I, I really, I, I feel great about. If you're, if you're a Saints fan, I've already said I'm not technically a Saints fan. I'm from New Orleans, not a Saints fan. I know that sounds weird, but if you're a Saints fan, I think you should feel good when you hear Sean Payton say, "We're all set at quarterback," because you got a, a former number one overall pick whose talent is undeniable. It's just been a matter of his maturation and him putting it all together. He's had a year of an apprenticeship. They got talent on offense. They did all kinds of cap wizardry to get under the cap. They've kept their team together for the most part. They, they, they cut loose Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, but they got, they, you know, they got, they're a good team. They're, they're still a good team. They're still going to be a factor. Yeah. Let's not forget they swept Tampa last year. Yeah. With, yeah, with, with whatever was left Stop. of Drew Brees. Stop. With whatever Stop. was left of Drew Brees. No, I'm not going to stop it. Drew Brees was done last year. For the most exactly. part, whatever was left of Drew Brees, exactly. their defense what he didn't do last year. shut down Tom Brady in the regular season twice. You know what he did do last year? 
What? He didn't 30 throw 30 interceptions. <laughs> I, I, I already know how you I know how you think. Anyway, bottom line is <laughs> much like Cam look, I'm just I'm just Come putting, on, putting man. It on record here. Look, I'm just putting on record. much Winston. like Cam Newton in New England, you have not seen the best of Jameis Winston. You think okay. you know what you what Cam Newton is? Cam Newton got some. He, he about he got something for you next year. I hope so. Think you know what? James I hope he has Winston more than eight touchdowns. James Winston got something for you in the Saints offense next year. I don't want to hear about eight touchdown passes anymore. I'm saying because if he'd have thrown eighteen, hey. maybe you don't have this fringe and frenzy. So be thankful that he threw eight touchdowns at least. Because now they didn't sign every James tight end put available. Thirty three touchdown passes with his thirty picks. You gonna have thirty picks? Entertain me a little bit. Give me something else to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Gave me 33 touchdown passes and 5,000 yards. So good for you. Thank you, Jameis. If the ball goes in the air, you don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be very exciting. <laughs> so you got the uh, you got the Saints being right back where they were, even though they have either Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston or mystery person X at quarterback. And as you mentioned, yeah, they did some cap wizardry. Why? Because they were $100 million over the cap. That sounds almost That's hard impossible. To That's hard. That <laughs> seems hard. Over the cap? Yeah, you know, I went beyond my budget a little bit. How much? $100 million. $100 million. <laughs> So they went, they got under. They had to move on from some good players. And I think they still have to, they still may have to do some things uh, if they want to have a competitive team. You know, you just, you're, you're barely, you're barely under the cap. Really can't do much in free agency. So we'll see. You want to talk about the Knicks? You want to talk about the Knicks? No, no. I want, you want I, to go in a different direction. No, let's stay in the division. Yeah, let's stay in the division. division. Oh, let's, let, well, no, not, I'm sorry, not the division. I got there was one more NFL story worth noting right. that, that I want to touch on. Yo, so. As Tom Brady, there are two parallel quarterback stories that we're witnessing in real time. As Tom Brady seeks to uh, win an eighth Super Bowl, and I contend that for his final act, Tom Brady should just be a hired gun and just bounce from team to team and see if he can win it in the first year. You know, just basically be like, you know restaurant impossible or bar rescue or whatever you want to call it. Like, just be like, Oh, this team needs to need some help. Let me go see if I can, you know, give you a championship right fast. Meanwhile, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is on a mission to start for every team in the NFL. It's amazing. Um, is so he's up to nine now, right? It's amazing. Uh, he will be now, up to nine, 19. assuming 19 th- that he does. This is 19, but he got to start. Yeah. Like, I need him to start for the football team. I need him to start for the football team. And since we're talking about smart signings, uh, I like the Taylor. Uh, is it Heineke or Hineke? Which one is Heineke. it, Harry? Heineke or Hineke? Like the Hineke? beer. Neither. Taylor Hineke. Hineke. I like the kid. Heineke. 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 Like Heineke. Thank you. Heineke. Look at it. Yeah, there you go. Check it out. Check it out. Um, I like Taylor Heineke. Like what I saw from him. See the changes? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Um, that was good. I love it. But you want to talk about like smart signings and entertain me? I mean, that Fitz Magic is entertaining on and off the field. And right. you know, 
Washington, that's, that's that he's the perfect guy that you want to talk about versatility. He can be your starter for a minute, give you some good games. You know that you can't that that wave is only going to take you so far. Talk about riding something until the wheels fall off. The wheels are going to fall off eventually with Fitzmagic. Although I still contend I would have loved to have seen what the Dolphins could have done if he had just kept the job all last year. But that ship has sailed. Um, but the locker rooms love him. We in the media love him. Um, he's going to do whatever's asked, whether that's starting, relieving, I mean, he's a he's a bullpen arm in the NFL. Like, what, what, he, he, yeah, what do you call right. it? What do you call? He's a long reliever. He, he's a long, long reliever, reliever. Is what he is. Like, like he's a spot starter. Like, he's a, he's a you know what I mean? Like, he'll do he'll fit in. He can close. He he's can close games. He can I, start games. He give you long relief. Pitch on short rests. Whatever you need from Fitz, he'll give it to you. So I know we're looking at the big quarterbacks and where they end up. Um, whether that's Russell and Deshaun and you know, uh, some of the other younger guys, the Sam Darnold, have a second act somewhere. But I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, because Washington just messed it up with Dwayne Haskins, or, you know, it, whether it was he was the wrong guy to begin with or just too much too soon, or maybe they didn't do right by him when he got there. These types of signings, man, they reverberate because I would love to see if Washington, whether it's Taylor Heineke, or whether it's a, a first-round quarterback. Do they trade up for a Trey Lance, who most people say the perfect thing for Trey Lance to do is to sit for a year behind a veteran. Like, that could really, like, having Ryan Fitzpatrick, this doesn't make the, the Washington football team a playoff team again because they got Fitzpatrick. But what it does is one of those, like, those organizational moves that can set you up for long-term success. Yeah. Like, a bridge quarterback is such an underrated position when it comes to the drafting and developing of quarterbacks, man. Well, bridge quarterbacks are so critical. The right bridge quarterback, whether it's John Kitna or Kurt Warner when he was in New York, or Ryan Fitzpatrick has always been a bridge quarterback. He's a journeyman bridge quarterback. Like, I don't I don't usually laud a Washington football team signing, but yeah, man. Uh, that caught well, my attention, know, not just because of nine teams. It's hard, it's hard to be. It says something about a guy when you when nine organizations think enough for you to sign you. That's like a that's a hell of okay. a badge of honor, is it not? You said you said uh, a journeyman quarterback, and he is by his passport. He is by the miles that he's traveled. But you know, one thing that surprised me, and, and uh, it, it it probably will surprise you too, if you look at his career stats. I thought his career stats would be worse than they are. His career stats are actually, like, in, in total, actually pretty good. I thought he would have, not to keep picking on Jameis, but I thought he'd be close to his touchdowns and interceptions would be side by side. And, and, and they're not. You know, he's got more touchdowns and interceptions by a significant margin. That's one. But here, here's the other thing. Uh, the, the Houston Texans had the right idea and maybe they got the right guy for their idea, but I think another organization should take it to the next level. Remember they brought in Josh McCown, and now Josh McCown is, mm-hmm. is going to be a part of their coaching staff. I would bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, whatever he's done. I didn't, I, as soon as his career is over, I'd install him as a quarterback coach. I'd say, I'm going I'm to believe if you want to do it. You no, know, he's got a Harvard degree, so you don't have to be 
messing around with the quarterback coaching position. He'd do probably anything else. But I would, as soon as his career is over, you're my quarterback coach, and I'm going to teach you how to be a coach. Because that man has something. You said it. He's got something special. If nine teams hire you, and you've got a way nine of just teams. kind of, you got people people who are on your side, people who just who just gravitate toward you. You've got a way about you. Uh, you pick up multiple offenses quickly enough where you can go in and be successful for a short amount of time. Uh, that, that tells me that uh, not only, obviously, a bright guy, but he might be a teacher too. I'm telling you. Brian Fitzpatrick, if he wants to coach, I got a job for him. He's, he, hell, he's doing it now. All right, uh, on the other side, we're going to get into this Knicks-Nets game from last night. Yeah, you love it. I like it, too. I, I, I do. I do. I, I was, that, was fun, that was fun to watch last night. That was fun to You know what I think we're going to do? Um, <laughs> I'm looking at my feed. Hmm. I think Cuomo's going to be on there all week. We won't even talk about him. You know, I think we should do it that way. Just have Cuomo how you know I wasn't gonna go to? How you know I wasn't going to go to? How you know I wasn't going to go from New York basketball to New York state politics? That might that might be a good e- transition. You won't segment. do it though, because you're because you're run out of time. Let's be real. Let's be real. Come on. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I got a little taste of it tonight, you know, in the sense of uh, just these New York fans, especially the Knicks fans, uh, you can hear them. You know, I don't know how many fans we have here in the building total, but you heard a lot of Knicks fans. Um, and, you know, we understand the tradition. And But I'm just a part of – I'm just happy to be a part of um, of the tradition and of the rivalry and, um, you know, on this next team and, and the rhythm and the way we're playing. So the can't-be MVP, apparently, because, you know – that wanted out of Houston. That's acted your boy. So that's since, your so boy. I, guess I that didn't say that. Qualifies him for, from MVP for all, for all you judgmental people out there. Uh, had another triple double. Yet another triple double uh, as the Nets beat the Knicks in a really entertaining game, uh, especially to finish when Julius Randle, who had uh, 33 uh, himself, lost it over that controversial traveling call. Which, I mean, I don't have a dog in this fight, so I can see. Why they call traveling? It looked like he retained possession and then came down and dribbled again. But Kyrie got a piece of it, so I, go either way. I, I, I don't. I'm not. 
right. on one side or the other with that. I know Knicks fans were upset, but I, I, it's a legit call. Uh, having said all that, uh, is this a legit rivalry, or does this have the potential to be a legit rivalry? Um, and I'll answer my own question by saying, I think we know this, and we knew this before we ever talked to super fan Ashley Nicole Moss the other day. We knew this yep. already. She just affirmed we already knew. Brooklyn can never be to New York what the Knicks are in New York. There is no battle for the heart, the mind, and the soul of that city when it comes to its basketball. The Knicks are too, they're too rooted in the culture of New York for That's the right. Nets to ever truly be a rival with like that. That's almost like it's like the Rams and Chargers in LA. It's like when it comes to football, that's a Rams town. The Chargers just they they just live there. They're just sharing space. Um so having said that though, in terms of basketball, it could still be fun. Like a rivalry doesn't necessarily always have to have I mean yeah. by definition, you tell me, do they always have to be stakes involved, number one? And do they always have to be and I, I can answer this question too. I don't know that rivalries always have to be between equals. Like, we think rivalry a lot of times, we think Lakers-Celtics. But we talked about the Red Sox why earlier, you keep asking, for the longest time, Red Sox-Yankees was a... Why do you keep answering your own yeah. questions? Because <laughs> it's fun. Hey, let me ask Red a Sox, question. Uh, Yankee. Red Sox-Yankees, for, for the longest time, as you know, Let me Michael, ask a question. They weren't... The Red Sox weren't winning anything, but they were rivals nonetheless. Brown-Steelers. Rivals, even though the Browns weren't winning anything, Right. I don't know. You know? know. So, yeah, they, were really, they were rivals, I, I think, right? I, yeah, they were. They you were. only define and, and rivals. Yankees, Do they have to be equal? Do they have to take something from each other to be rivals? Yes. Yes, to be to be true rivals. Okay, okay. The, you, you can be a rival because technically uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are the rivals of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. But come on. So, there, there's, a, there's a level. There's a level. And then you so then you go Steelers Ravens now that so that is the rivalry that has reached its peak because you know that mm-hmm. team that team has won Super Bowls and you have that team uh, can, has won division titles over you that team has taken stuff away from you so that's when you really start to hate them because you're just they won't get out of your space you hate them like you can have a rival if you have a rival and you don't hate them. Oh, that's a nice little rivalry. But hatred comes up when you start competing for the same players and the same coaches and the same uh, advertising space, same digital the space. Same, the same trophy. The same, the same trophy. trophy. That's when it's real. Yeah. So I think right now, Nets, Knicks is fun because there are different levels. And I don't think your average Knicks fan takes the Nets seriously enough yet. And the oh. Nets can do. Yes, they do. Well, yes, well not, do. not. I'm talking about as a base, as a team. Sure, as a team. I'm talking oh, about no, no, as no. a yeah, you're fan right. no, base, base. No. no. And and no, and I think Nets fans. No. Nets fans have to do something about that. Don't let somebody come into your arena. Uh, don't let it be, uh, you know, sixty percent Knicks fans. Uh, don't let somebody take over your your home space. And so when you when you allow that stuff to happen, Listen, you're not you're not I, ready. I heard a lot of Brooklyn chants at the end of that game. I heard it sounded like Brooklyn chants. 
I thought that's what I heard. Maybe I misheard, but I thought I heard. I'm not talking about last time. I'm just talking about overall. I'm talking about overall. I'm not talking about last night. So I'm I'm strictly going off last night. I thought last night had the energy of a rivalry. It had the feel of a rivalry. It had the intensity of a rivalry. If they meet in the playoffs, here's another example. Could, could, okay, could this be, could this be a Lakers Clippers type rivalry? And the Nets aren't the running joke that the Clippers have been throughout most of the Yeah, history. that's right. That's right. But, it could be. Yeah. That's but the Clippers good are relevant enough to be a nuisance to the Lakers. They'll never be to L.A. what the Lakers are, but they're relevant enough to, to be a factor, even if you end up being the butt of a joke. Like the Knicks, mm-hmm. man, look, they started Emmanuel quickly last night. That rookie is the real deal. R.J. Barrett's doing his thing. J- uh, um, Julius Randle's so dope. He's untouchable in trade talks, reportedly. I mean, Tom Thibodeau has got this team playing real New York gritty basketball. This ain't just a great team, but it's almost like in order to be good in New York, you got to play New York ball. It's almost like they they, they get the memo. It's like, no, we can't just be a – we can't play flashy. We got to be a gritty defensive team, but we're going to play and thrive in New York. So I guess what I'm saying is when you look at what the Nets have and what they presumably will have for the next few years, and they may have a championship after this year, which I know will make your head explode, but they may have a championship after yes. this year or in the next two years, right? If they have a championship and I'm the Knicks so not only continue to grow, I know, not only continue to grow, but I don't know, maybe add a star who wants to be a part of this, uh, this rebirth in New York. Yo, I, this is this is something. Maybe we just got to find another word for it other than rivalry, or maybe we just got to no, find how we look at no, rivalries. I think, but this is something, man. We saw it last night. No, I think I think rivalry. I think rivalry is is the is the right word. It's just the degree of it. Is it is it intense yet? No. And you mentioned Yankees Red Sox, and that is intense because it goes back years. And you want to talk about taking something from the other one, uh, Babe Ruth. <laughs> okay, you. you know, we didn't tell you to, to to sell Babe Ruth to us, but you did anyway, and look what happened. Uh, you you helped us launch you know, one of the great dynasties in, in sports history. But I, go away from Yankees-Red Sox. I think Yankees-Mets is a better one because they don't necessarily – I mean, you got the Subway Series, and for them to meet for a championship, it would have to be in the World Series. They're a New York team. You're a New York you – know, Okay, it's a rivalry, hey, but hey he's not, you're not wait, sitting up thinking about him all the time. Excuse me. Okay, wait, hold on. Were you talking that whole time? I was. You didn't hear me? Bro, I hear a word you just said, and I'm looking at two green screens right now. Can you see me? I can, can see you. you. Can see you me? hear me right now? I can hear you. All right, cool. No, this is this was it was the weirdest thing. I thought I thought our entire stream felt uh dropped off because i'm looking at two green see look there's the music i'm looking at two yeah green we'll figure it out right now so i don't we'll know take something, a, we'll something's take a up because it just went zip we'll recalibrate and i ain't hear nothing you said <laughs> but you know what it was pretty good probably the best thing i said all day i'm sure it was man i'm sure it was a great thing it was not no solid
Mike, I was starting to get excited. I saw these tweets from Odell Beckham Jr. God, thank you for clarity, which is a good tweet any day of the week. And then got second act. Oh, wait a minute. What's going on with Odell Beckham Jr. shouting out New Orleans with his tweet, with his uh, tattoo, Bourbon Street there. Anyway, uh, Mike, this is not about being traded. Thought the Patriots were involved somehow, right? They've been making so much news. Hey, did the Patriots go out and trade for Odell Beckham Jr.? No, they didn't. Uh, I guess this is just uh, Odell talking about his rehab and coming back from his uh, ACL, his torn ACL. And you saw, I don't know if you saw it the other day, oh, yeah. where he was on a treadmill and, and running at a, uh, at a pretty oh, high yeah. speed. Did you see that one? Pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. I did. I saw that video. Yeah. But it would be fun. And I, I don't know how you feel about it. Look, the Browns are a good team, and uh, they won a playoff game for the first time in forever this year. I'd like to see them, you know, continue to grow. But isn't there something in you? Don't you kind of feel for the LSU, LSU man, Odell Beckham Jr.? Isn't there something in you that would like to, you'd like to see him in like a great offense? Wouldn't you like to see him with like a Patrick Mahomes, with a Josh Allen? With a Deshaun Watson. Would you? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, uh, I don't know if I if I'm if I can speak or not. I'm I'm having all kinds of I can hear you. I can hear you and I can Right speak. now my situ- right now my situation okay, so right now my situation from a technical standpoint is a lot like Odell Beckham's in Cleveland. It's like it's like something just ain't quite clicking right. You know what I mean? Um you just like this you, this you, year, and I mean, look, maybe talking. this year he he might have gone off this year. Okay, he might have gone off this year if not for the injury. Like when he first, when he first got traded, I was like, oh wow, Odell Beckham about to fall out even harder than he has because he he did everything. He, he put up historic numbers in New York with a declining, if not done, Eli Manning. I was like, imagine what he does with Baker Mayfield. Well, it, Baker Mayfield wasn't quite ready yet for prime time. Much as we thought, you know, after this rookie year that Baker Mayfield was the next thing, wasn't, didn't quite pick it up in his second year. This year, with a great running game um, and an offense that better utilized his skill set, seemed to take a step forward. Meanwhile, Odell Beckham's hurt. So we'll see if they can marry those things Next year, I still think there's a lot for him to do in Cleveland with this team. Um, I just want to see him. I don't, I don't. I don't need him to put up huge numbers. I don't need him to to explode for ridiculous stats and and, and a high flying offense. I need for Odell to be a part of the solution, a part of a winner. I need him to be on the field making plays in the playoffs and showing the type of teammate that he can be, and he can be part of a successful group, not just a great individual performance. So I think keep that's the I'm glad it was just him. Keep, keep I'm glad it was nearby. just him being happy about his rehab. You know, Keep your phone nearby because more free agency stuff is coming. You know that. It's about to go down, Mike. Hey, you know we're leading the show tomorrow with Andrew Cuomo. We're leading the show tomorrow okay. with Governor Cuomo. I'm ready. No matter what I'm happens. Ready. Let's do it. I don't care if the Patriots trade for Deshaun Watson. That's what we're doing tomorrow. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.